For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back once again. I'm Joshua Fisher. On this one, you'll hear Nicholas Snacks, Kreider, and the Quan Cosby. This is the Horns Up Talking Texas pod. And before we get into that, we got to remind you guys that we are brought to you by Yuda, the app Yuda, U-D-D-A. Go there, bet. Don't put any money down, though. It's free to play. And go to our contest. It's Pick'em, Big 12, Spreads, over-unders, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of questions. For every person that enters, $10. So, winner takes all at the end. You get 20 people, 200 bucks to you, free to play, a lot of fun. Betting made easy, betting made safe, anybody can do it. So go to the app, Yuda, use our code HORNSUP, that's the password for our contest, look up the charity stripe, and have fun. Go win some money this weekend, because why not? And now, without further ado, we'll get into our podcast, so get your horns up, because here we go. I, you're right. You're, you're right. If Bama wins, they're both going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I just don't see Bama winning that game, dude. Georgia looks I hope looks not. I hope not. I'm so over Alabama. <laughs> That's a good point. I haven't even – I'm going to be honest. Georgia looks so impressive. I didn't even think about that scenario. Like, I, I didn't even think about that, Bama winning the SEC again because I think Georgia's just on the next level. And, and, it's, it, and I think, honestly, it's their year. And – Different than what I'm seeing in Austin, their players, you hear them talk. Kirby Smart's same dude. Um, I think he's a good coach, but what you see in their leadership and their players, it's they are on a mission. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I think yeah. it's really hard to beat those dudes. Yeah, I think we could just kind of segue into everything. The thing, I was watching Sark. You guys watch... On ESPN today, they had it. I, I assume they have it a lot of days. I just threw ESPN on the background today. Sark break, broke down the game film, like the big play by big play. It was interesting to watch him talk about it and hear him talk about it. He really patted himself on the back for letting them score at the end of the game. He was like, yeah, it was a really great strategic play. I was like, yeah, no crap, Sherlock. I'm sitting here on the couch in my underwear and my, and my T-shirt being like, you better let them score. Like, why aren't you letting them score? Like, let them get into the end zone. Carry them in if you have to. <laughs> Not um, like it mattered. I, I think the demeanor, I think he's an amazing X and O's guys, which is what we've been saying the whole time. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the issue. His script is usually, at least in the first half, very good. I would love to see it be better in the second half which brings me to my overall point of Coach Shark and a reason why we lost OK State and I think a reason why we lost against Oklahoma. 
he's not there as a head coach yet because it's not good enough to just be an unbelievable X and O guy in the first half and to have cool plays in your back pocket. There's a lack of adjustment, a lack of a turnaround. And he talks about complimentary football and he almost sold me on the fact that, look, he started off at a point in his press conference saying that we played great against the run at the beginning or in, and pretty much throughout the game. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? They're running back a Juco transfer out of Utah, then a Utah state transfer ran 30 times for 190 <clears throat> yards on us. How can you say that's any semblance of good, but he's like, then I kind of looked back at it and, and thought about it. And I was like, okay, we did have a good start. And then we start going three and out and the lack of complimentary football that ensues because of that, our defense gets gassed. I still think though, that's not an excuse for our defense. Our defensive line still has to play up to snuff and you can't just blame it on the offense, not picking up the pace. I mean, you have to have the guys up there. I mean, one of the most telling things we've heard in this podcast is from our boy, Roy Williams, when he said how big Georgia defensive line was compared to OU's offensive line. OU sent guys to the pros in the top 10, but the thing with Stark is he just doesn't adjust enough. And he abandons, he just, he's abandoned Roshan Johnson the last two games. And I don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why Roshan's carrying the ball two times. Why is our Heisman candidate only getting 20 carries back to back games when we were outrushed by OU, who was down? We were outrushed by Oklahoma State, who was down. Typically, in those situations, you're seeing those teams air it out to play catch up yet they stuck with the run on us and end up killing us in time and possession, both teams. Why are we abandoning the run? It's really just a question for you guys. So, you know, we don't. So all those series you're talking about, B. John touched the ball. Um, Truth of the matter is, I don't know how to figure out why in the second half the, the same rush, other than him making two or three guys miss, why is not working in the second half, but the series you're talking, we went three and out five series in a row. Bijan touched the ball every single one of those series, every single one of them. And so what he has to figure out in theory, it's like, Oh, Roshan needs to touch it. No, nah, man. When you go three and out, Roshan's not going to touch it because you're going three and out. And I, I get Roshan's a great player. And, and we saw Keelan Robinson make a great run, but neither one of them should be playing over Bijan three and out changes the entire dynamic. So, even when you go three and out five times in a row, should you take Bijan out maybe the third time to say, hey, we're going to mix it up. We're going to put Roshan in. No, you put the Heisman tro- Trophy candidate back in there. So I think it's a bigger picture of why that's not working. I don't know necessarily why the same team that's making it and finding a way early on, other than other team adjustments, not working in the second half. But I man listen these are college kids um you you don't want to jump down their throat but the same coach that had that script in the first half is the same coach trying to figure something out in the second half i mean these coaches they get paid the big bucks and you need to blame them on every single level but what i know is when i watched georgia and i listened to their guys afterwards it's a different conversation you know it's it, it is it is um a different mindset. It's something different between the years. And at the end of the day, I, I met Gene Stallings at one of his many Hall of Fame deals. And, and he said, you know, it's so crazy that I keep getting the Hall of Fame because I stood on the you know, shoulder of giants. I never went to the 
coin toss with my playbook and said, ah, I outplayed you. I win. No, it's a lot of players who have to execute. It's a lot of players who have to make plays. It's a lot of folks other than the, the, the coaches that, that have to make something happen. Sark didn't tell guys to drop balls. He, he, didn't, he didn't tell them to miss blocks or to get pre-snap penalties. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to beat them down, but we have to be really honest. Because unfortunately in Austin, we got go guys saying, oh my gosh, PK needs to be fired. Is Sark the guy? Well, are we just going to keep filtering through guys? Oh, no. You know, at some point, when is oh, it going to be God, about no. the guys that are getting these full scholarships making it super important to be that guy? If you go back to last year's game, you know who was that guy? Joseph Osai. He said, I'm going mm. to take over this game. And he did. And he made the final sack to win that game in Stillwater. So, yeah. It's easy to blame Sark. It's easy to blame PK. It's easy to blame a lot of folks because we walk on eggshells when it comes to college athletics. But the game has changed. This is NIL. The same guys lobbying for money. That changes the game. You need to be treated like a grown-up now. You're making all this money. People are investing in you. Be that dude. Be a leader. So that's my two cents on it. I, I don't think it's a Sark deal. Okay. okay. That's No, but again, that's why we we discuss these things. I will say that <clears throat> I will say that there's a big identity crisis, I feel like. And who we are in the first half is not who we are in the second half. There's 100%. complacency that goes on in that locker room when they get out of halftime. Here are the facts. In these last two games, we have been outscored 41 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Now, yes, these are some great teams we're playing against, but still, we're able to put up points. We're able to do this. I don't understand what happens between the eyes, between the ears that gets these guys to that point where they get complacent. There's a quote that you said earlier at the, probably the first couple episodes, Quan, about you want to hate losing more than you like winning. Like, I feel like that's just something that isn't really going through these guys' minds right now. They're like, yeah, you know, we're going to win this game. Cool. But they want to put their foot, the foot on the gas pedal and, and not let up because they do not want to lose because they hate losing that much. That needs to be going on through their heads nonstop, even if they're up by 28 points. I... I think that the 41 to seven, and I, I understand your sentiment, Q, I, but that's why I go to, to Sark. I'm like, how, like, it has to trickle down from the top, but I, I can't disagree that there's a lot of issues. Like, the offensive line seems to quit in the second half. Like, I, not, not, like, the whole right side of the offensive line seems to quit in the second half at points. I mean, we are getting outscored, and like, we sit there in the stands and sit there, like, you know, or like watching on TV. And if we get a win, it's like, all right, cool, we won. If we lose, it's gut-wrenching. It ruins your day, like we were talking about earlier. And that's us as the fans, I guess, hating losing more than winning. I think I we expected a lot more because of it is our program and because of Sark. I think ready, us writing PK off is ridiculous at this point. Right. And, and I think it's, it's more to it. First, he's still learning a lot about his team. He's seven games in. You know, he, he's like, Sure, we practice, we've been together, but when you start playing football games, you that's a whole nother monster. Now that, that's a whole nother monster. That's when you see what things are about. Now that's when that's when you see what every individual is about. Um, and, and that's I think that's what he's still doing. Uh, and from a head coaching standpoint, I don't even going back to the call to you know. Let them go in. You're down by eight and give yourself a chance. I think that was the right call. 
So when I think of a head coach, I'm like, are you putting your guys in position? Are, are, are you making the right timeouts? Are, are you kicking the field goals when you need to? Or are you, will the guys follow you? They are. They, they, I think they love Sark from what I've seen. Um, and, and those, you know, questionable things that, that we often as armchair guys question about decisions from coaches, I think there's been a minimal. That's where I'm like, all right. I mean, the guy's done this, done that. And at first, we we kind of struggled at the deep ball. Well, our, our our guys were calling the deep ball. We weren't executing it. Um, and, and then we were struggling at another portion of it. Um, we, I think we were still getting coached up to be in that perspective or to to be smarter about that. But certain turnovers or certain penalties, I just penalties were wrong again, last game. again I, I as a player and this yeah. is a difference too i think it's pretty I, I so many of these guys i've gotten to know and i think they're great people and i think they're awesome they have to be able to i took constructive criticism as an opportunity to grow as an opportunity to get better we continue to kind of we're just not being honest enough because of the fragile nature of today's kids that they need to get it done, man. And they really take some of this responsibility. I get on there. It made me cringe when I saw coach Brown go on there and take responsibility for a loss. I'm like, bull crap, dude. No, you prepared us just as much as then as you did when we won the national championship. But we did this. We didn't do this. We know what costs us games. And so I just hope, to your point, Nick, when, 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 when you start having that mindset about losing, I think that's when we're going to see a lot less second-half collapses. I, I truly do, yeah. because unfortunately, what I think is it's, it's an illness. It's almost an illness. When that doubt starts creeping into there, it's just crap rolling downhill. The second you start doubting this, that, and that, that's lack of focus. That's focusing on something other than your execution. And you see drop balls. You see fumbles. You see missed blocks. You see missed tackles. That doubt, all of that trick, trickle. I mean, it, and, and for me, if I'm thinking, and, and I love to try to be empathetic, if I'm on the sideline and I'm coaching, I'm going, timeout. That is, that's not even the same person I saw in the first half. That's not the same person I saw in the practice field. What is going on? And right. then there's another level of responsibility because you want to get to the league. And I did see one thing that I saw. I took it as progress. There was a deep ball. Could again be maybe not, but there was a pass interference. And I was like, thank you. That is so much better than a 50 yard catch. Yeah. So I think they're getting coached up in certain levels. I just, it is an absolute mind boggling, crazy thing on what's happening in the second half. It's and I'll an be adver- very honest. I don't know. Adversity, <laughs> Outside maybe? Of, huh? Is it adverse? Like, Overshaw goes it is, down it, and the defense collapses. Well, and I think it correlates to what we've seen on the road. We're years in of just being a very different team on the road. Now, sure, that was a home game, which is very scary because we hadn't seen that level of – I mean, we had one rushing yard, I think, in the fourth quarter or, or – so, we haven't seen that at home. I was on the sideline and I saw right. a different team on the road. And I was like, man, I don't know if this preparation, if it's what, what, what is this a process? 
Because now I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about the game. I'm like, maybe we need to change the, the halftime process. Something's not adding up. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the game of football is. And by the way, I think Oklahoma State was more physical than us in the second half. I think we saw the same thing with Oklahoma in the second half. That is not a coaching thing. That is an absolute individual effort thing. Football is a very huge ultimate team sport, but it's a team sport with a lot of individual battles. And unfortunately, as weird as it is in the second half, we're losing a lot of individual battles. You could see it in one of their guys. Their safety gives up the big ball to Washington. Completely gets burnt. He gives up the big ball. Goes back a couple plays later towards the end of the half, and he's the one that makes the jump on Joshua Moore and takes it to the house. Pick six. Reads the play. Short memory. Hey, <laughs> not to take this to, to to the NFL, Dix gets a pick six. And, and you know what, um, what the Patriots do the very next play? They throw a double move at him. Hey, bro, you know what? You did that. You have a pick in every single game. But now this this same player who we don't know like we know Diggs, he's about to double move you and take it for 75. Is Belichick a different coach? No. Oh, yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah, he is very different than that without Tom Brady. <laughs> but it, it, I just – when you get to the league, no one's questioning. Now, there's some really bad coaches, by the way, in the league, like this guy in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. But when you get to the league, no one questions coaches on the same level that we do in college. And now that college is doing their impersonation of the NFL minor leagues, we need to be real about certain levels of execution and how games turn out versus the next. And I think that's something we we have to be real about with where we are. Now, certainly a couple of weeks to try to dissect that and figure it out, but seven games in from a true game playing film scenarios, watching your guys, I think that's where this coaching staff is. And I, and I, and I, I feel pretty confident they're trying to figure it out in the best of their ability, but this is something different to them because as much as AM beat Alabama, you saw I, what we talked about it last week. I was like, Mississippi state is in trouble because these guys uh-uh. They saw the fans run the field. That hurt. They were pissed. And they went out and took it out to Mississippi State. We say it all the time, and you even said it today. You know, Rome wasn't built in one day. And if anything, I'm taking these three losses that we have so far, and I'm spinning them in a positive light. Look, we never want to lose, but let's get this taste out of our mouth now, right? Let's get all of these bad losses out of the way. Let's find our identity right now. Let's get the freshman like, worthy and let's get Bijan the sophomore, and let's get all these guys out there to let them know what it feels like to lose these close games and to experience some heartbreak so it doesn't happen again. Because next year, we're going to come back, and we're going to have a new identity. Yeah. Well, the- Hopefully next week, not unless we, we got a bye week. But Baylor's, True. what, 5-1? and 6-1? Yeah. And it's, a, it's in Waco. And it's in Waco. So all the things we have questions about. And by the way, to a couple of things. Baylor arguably has the best O-line in the Big 12. So they, they landed on some really good recruits, and, and they're figuring it out. Oranda, this is year two. So to your point, Nick, not that we're dismissing anything about this year, 
However, you need a year to learn a lot. And Aranda was a part of that national yeah. championship LSU team. Thankfully, he got out of there because Coach O is soon to be out of there. But he learned a lot. He knew who he had. I think that the, the jobs of coaches is figure out who you have and, and, and bring the best out of them. Unfortunately, I don't think seven games is a true sample size of how to figure all of that out because what the what you do at practice a lot of times i take that back sometimes don't translate to the game vice versa all the above casey maybe he wasn't the best practice player and he finally had a rough game but i mean the game before he didn't win and it went five and no no picks so i had somebody somebody actually asked me well is casey the guy should we switch again golly we have to stop no We cannot no. do this. By the way, this when we lose, this is when y'all might want to appreciate being out west because these are the questions I'm taking on. And I'm like, so are we literally just going to change oh, no, every single too. day, way, coach, player? That is not – there's zero consistency. We're trying to work on that. So that's that's the stuff I've been with. I'm in a few Texas Facebook groups just to kind of – you know, get our, our show going and, and, and sending them some of the stuff that we, that we make out there. And I'm reading some of these people's posts and they're like, you know what, Casey Thompson, I don't think he's the guy. I think that we can make the switch back to Hudson. Like his stats are inflated by a good run game and like, and uh, star players. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like this guy has one bad game. In the Red River freaking showdown. There's no higher pressure pressure game in the Big 12 than that one. And the dude had like broke the charts on quarterback rating. Crushed it. I actually didn't hate his picks, to be honest. Is that crazy to say? I thought the one where he gets jumped was like, like, that was a dagger because it's a pick six. Yeah. But, like, I feel like that could kind of happen. He just completely missed the safety on that one. And the other one, look, it's the end of the game, and you're caught for- forcing – they said it. I Like, I actually – it's so nice when you agree with a commentator. They said which is I, rare. Which is rare. <laughs> they, I said to my buddy, I, he throws the pick. My buddy gets up to leave. I'm like, it's not the end of the world. Like, in that situation where at the end of the game, like, it's already gotten out of hand. He's just forcing the ball downfield. He's under the pressure of, I have to score. I have to get it downfield. I'm going to try to make that throw. And then they show it, too. At the, they even showed, like, K, I think it was Kate that was down there. He could have checked down to him in the flat, and he didn't. He just tried to get the ball up and out. I didn't hate both those picks. I, but I wish, like, I wish we got more of, like, our personnel involved. Like, Whitting, the Whittington blow was, like, a that that cut deep for some reason. Like, you know, we weren't able to really recruit from that on offense. And, Nick, I mean – Nick has infiltrated the Facebook groups with honestly, like, I don't know if you go on Facebook ever, Quan, or if I don't listen. have a Facebook, not a chance. And HW Hockey Six, it's the oh worst. Dude. <laughs> Twitter has its own. Well, I, you know, what's interesting about Twitter, and, and I'm not that good at social media. I think I've told y'all that. I think you're solid. Twitter is, I was pretty, they were mild. And I think people are realizing this is year one. There's so much work to do. You don't put it like this at the end of the day. You don't have a new coaches. Everything's great. <laughs> Let's not forget that we have a first right, year exactly. coach because things weren't where they needed to be. Give him time. That's such a good point. Like, get, like everybody again, what we're, <laughs> we're funny as Texas fans. We're like, Oh my gosh, we haven't seen this explosive offense in a long time. You know who else doesn't help us? As much as I love this kid, 
Bijan, he's so great. We're like, oh my gosh, he's in the Heisman running. We need to win everything. I mean, it's so many phases and things. The reason we feel this way, and we're not wrong for it. We love our team and we're happy about it. But we as fans, and by the way, the reason I'm honestly, the reason I'm super fired up is because we're, um, when they scored, maybe even been before that. Oh, no, no. I'll tell you when it was. When the guy ran for the first down before they let him score. Yeah. Dude, I promise you 40,000 fans left the stadium. And I was livid. I was like, do they not understand? We're only down by one. There's two plus minutes left. And I was like, and I'm screaming like you. I'm like, let them score. Let them score. We'll be down by eight. We'll have two, two minutes. We have two timeouts. We can go tie this up. So think about that. I, I get it. It didn't work. But if it works to perfection and we go down and score, we got half our fans in there going into overtime and we no longer have a home field advantage. Dude, so my same thing happened at the OU game. Exactly. When, when they tied it up on us and they got the ball back, I was telling Josh, like, why are all these people leaving? Like this kid yeah, can miss. This is they obviously didn't kick the ball because they scored the touchdown with Brooks. But I was thinking to myself, this kicker can miss the field goal. Yes. And like we get the ball back and half our fans are gone. And like, let's say they go to overtime. All the OU fans are still there. Yes. That's a, Not that's one OU fan left. That's exactly. That's why I'm fired up because the same folks who left at that moment are the same ones calling for PK questioning Sark questioning this. And I'm just like, folks, good Lord, man. Again, we talked about it several episodes ago where we're going. They don't leave. No, they don't leave. And they, they stand are up there. the whole game too. And they they're the there the game. entire game. They're That's it. They live all it. Get out. Like we, everybody want to critique, not us as a fan base, as a whole, we want to critique. We want to not critique. We want to dissect everything done on that field. Well, you know what else we need to do is, and I respect we're paying our money. We're doing all this, but come on, man. We, maybe us getting so crazy loud will help the guys. Like it, my thing is I, yes. I can, that's all I can do is yell and stay there and support. So that's what I'm going to do. So maybe if I do my part, it'll trickle down. So that's what I'm a little fired up. It sucks. We lost. Believe there me. There's another hurt, Facebook but, post. Yeah. <laughs> Nick is like the Facebook post. post. No, I'm just like reading it now for the first time. I'm like, wow, these people, like, they get really heated on there. And this yeah. one guy said he almost got kicked out of DKR because these other fans were telling him to sit down and he wanted to stand during the game. And he said, I almost got kicked out because I got into a fight with these fans because they were telling me to sit down during the game. Oh, and yeah, I want to go to this game to stand up and cheer on my team, not sit yes. down the entire time. Like, I've there's a really bad identity problem with our fan base. And I've, I've seen people before be like, Hey, if you don't want to sit down, if you want, if you don't want to stand up during this game, you want to say, sit down, give your, your tickets to someone else. So we can fire up these, these guys on our team. I think the big 12 is out of reach. The big 12 championship game. It's going to be tough. Like Oklahoma state needs to have like a massive meltdown. Hmm. When you, which I don't think is going to happen. I don't think so. I, don't, I think I they're, I think they're I think they're good defense. I think there are a good football team. Like it's like not a bad loss. Like the, none of the losses are to bad teams, obviously, but they're two teams. Funny thing, that's the other funny thing. We've only lost to ranked teams, and we're acting like we're the worst thing on the planet. 
And by the way, sure, we got in the rankings, but we're on the bottom end of that. And again, yeah, it's 25. not talking smack about my I, there's we all love our guys so much, but we've been Ray, oh, 20 and then we've been 24 and then we've been 25 and we're, we're losing to teams that are ranked higher than us and that are, by the way, does any of the teams we lost to, do they have new coaches this year? Nope. No. So it's that's kind of where I am from that standpoint. And and on the Big 12, it's going to take some crazy. The, the thing is, for my emotional health and sanity, I'm very realistic. When we first started talking about, you know, getting on the podcast and all that, I said, I haven't swan dove into anything. I said, I'm going to tell you, the only thing that will probably make me swan dive in is if we went in October. And October's been a little rough. So do I believe in our coaching staff? 100%. Because I listen to them very, very, very closely. And the things that I feel we've been missing, they're talking about it. Um, you're going to be able to change some hearts and brains and all that good stuff. But you're also going to have to address it in recruiting. So there's a lot of factors that I think will will certainly develop. Um, but where we are is we have two more home games. I think they need to sell out. You know, we have road games. We always travel well. Waco, oh, I know it's going to be tough. Listen, I'm from the Waco area, and <clears throat> I can't even – imagine losing a Baylor because I have to deal with a lot of crap and that's very selfish on my end. I texted a dude today who was talking smack. Uh, he was like, I want this. I want that. And I was like, well, I hear you, but I guarantee you those players and coaches wanted more than you, <laughs> you know? And it's funny that we have to often <laughs> remind ourselves and, 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 and fans that I was like, man, bro, my, my, I've been in the league. Best of veteran. My days are over. I want every single one of our players to develop into an NFL caliber player i want our coaches to ball out and make their name in history i want worthy to be a top one two three four five receiver in the history of ut all of that shipley was at the game shout, shout out, out to, to my brother saw him and sonny and their boys and so i want everybody to ball however i know that nick you, you talked about rome you talked about the process you talked about the growth Unfortunately, um, I know that it, it, it is a uh, marathon at this phase and not a sprint. I think um, seasons can be sprints when you're where you need right. to be. Yes. We're just not there yet. We got to let it marinate. We got to let it. We got to give For sure. Got to give these guys a chance. And we could look. Baylor is going to be tough. Iowa State is going to be tricky. It's at Iowa State. And West Virginia is on the road. We have Kansas, Kansas State. If. If we finish nine and three at the end of the year, hypothetically, are we going to be sitting here in the first year under Sark with two really close losses in the Big 12 where we were leading most of the game going? It was a lost year because we went nine and we were, we only had three losses in Herman's grand year, you know, where we beat Georgia. Like we'll still get into a really good bowl game because of our record, right. because of our name. We'll finish ranked. Like there's still, and like Casey's only a June, there's still a lot of positive that could happen. And that's like why my, my like the one thing I really wanted to ask you is because when y'all lost tech, when you were playing, y'all had the natty dreams and that kind of like took a huge that took a huge curb. How do you guys respond and the players respond 
now that the Big 12 dreams are in trouble, obviously we're not going to the playoffs. How do you guys respond and finish strong so you do have that great end of the season? Well, we talked about Alabama losing to AM. I said Mississippi State's in trouble. Yeah. I had nerve damage. Arakpo had knee. Roy had knee. Shipley had labor. And we had so many guys who just got banged up that game. We first went, I mean, first 5.30 in the morning to go get healthy. And even at 5.30 in the morning, we said, Baylor, we had them next. We had a bye week, fortunately. That's why I was able to come back in two weeks. I said, Baylor's in trouble. We all said, Baylor's in trouble. We're going to beat, and by, I think we beat them 42-7, something like that. It, it was ugly. And we said, Baylor's in trouble. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be one national champion at the end of the year. Yeah. Everybody else is going to have a good season, not so good, what all that. There's only one. So we said, we still have a lot of our goals. And at that time, we didn't know how it was going to work out. We didn't think Tech was going to beat Oklahoma, and they did, and they got embarrassed. But, dude, our goals is, after that happened, we had to get over it, but we had to use it. We had to absolutely use it. Nothing worked out in our favor that night, including players not finishing the game. But we used that hurt to beat the brakes off of whoever we saw next. And they knew it was coming. We use that hurt to kill it in practice. We use that pain to not lose another game for the rest of the year. That's how we handled it. That that, that it truly is how we handled it. And and there's other years where we didn't go 12 and one, and we use that same pain and try to work it out. And a QB went down, or certain circumstances didn't work out in our favor. But I promise you, it was not for lack of preparation, effort, and we and man, we went after it in a whole different level and in a whole different way because fortunately, my freshman year, we won a national championship. You know how to prepare like a champion after that. And we use that. We prepared like a champion. And also, there's a certain level of one, again, leadership. Everybody stepped up on that. And then confidence. There was never a doubt in our confidence because we knew how we prepared every week like champions. We knew that we were in our head, a better team in most scenarios. And so we just went out and tried to execute and prove it on that level. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need, Baylor needs to be in trouble. They need well, to- and I think that's one of the things. Amazing young man. Good Lord. I love watching everything about him and learning more about him. The best. Problem is, I don't know if they know what I just said. They don't know that they're preparing. They, they think they do. Because you only know what you only know. I think Sark is, who, by the way, won a national championship last year, are trying to get them here and in preparation to prepare on a championship level. But that takes time and it takes work. So some of these guys think they're preparing on that level. And some will say, well, why can't Sark get them there? Well, you can't break your guys. You, you got to push them on a level that, that you j- just to that point. And then you might have to pull back and then continue to push, continue to push. And, and then you pull back and you, the whole time you're stretching that kind of perspective of, of where they can grow, but you're not going to get them to a championship level overnight. It's not in this sport where you're dependent on so many levels, so many things. Right. And so that's where I, I think they're going in that right direction. And I'm so proud of them. these guys are 
they're growing, man. And, and I'm going to tell you, last but not least, they want to be better and they want to do it on every level. But wanting it, put like this, I go off today. I want to hit it down the middle every single time. I've d- I did it several times. But the same person that did it is the same person that hit it in the trees as well. So it's like, hold on, man. I mean, I smoked it. 280 down the middle, baby, feeling good about my game just one hole ago. And then the same guy duck cooked it to the left. <laughs> well, it, it's, and that's what happens in the game. And that little ounce of lack of focus or something that changed body, whatever it may be, whole, it changes and it changes the entire game. And so I think that's where it is. And to put it in that kind of scenario, these guys, they're the same dude, same one that balls out and makes a play is the same guy that has a drop. And it's a level of focus, a level of, it is a a championship level of focus is just a different monster. And we're just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And he needs his guys to come in. It's a lot. And that's why we need time and patience. And he needs his guys that are there to keep growing. Yeah, to keep yeah, going. Sure. They Always. they don't need to feel like they've arrived. <laughs> I get it. You're getting love. You're scoring 45 a game. By the way, not the last one. You're doing positive things, but that doesn't mean you've arrived. No, you still have an oh, insane amount of work to do to get to championship there's, I mean, level. There's an insane amount of work to do if they want to win games, but also if these guys want to make it to the next level, right? They want to make it to the NFL. Yeah, so they should always be. They should always be improving no matter what. I mean, I can't tell you over the last, it's crazy. Over the last decade or so of Longhorns that have made it to the NFL, it is crazy how much they have improved since being in college to being in the NFL, right? You see guys who got went on drafted. You see guys who were late-round draft picks. Elliot. We're all starters now. Yeah. You look Kaden. at Sean Elliott, had a huge game. You look yeah. at Puna Ford. You look at Malcolm Roach. You look at Amenehu. Like, all these guys were not... Like early draft picks. No, no, it's developing. And they go there and it's a different monster. And, and it's also, you know, it's funny about that. I had the luxury of playing against a lot of first round draft picks and SDBs and, and, and everywhere, O line and all of that. So you're like, well, is it the coaches? I just think it's, um, when, and when you get to the league and you see grown men prepare on that level, and you, it, I think it finally clicks. If I don't do that, I'm fired. I think UT is a phenomenal place, and we have number one facilities, and we have all of yeah. the blah, 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 blah. The only problem is I think what we fought on so many levels to not be that country club, I think we're a little bit more of that country club now because we think we've arrived because we come here because you have everything. I mean, and I have everything. However, you haven't arrived. You, you have earned a scholarship at a phenomenal place. But there's, with scholarship, with not scholarship, there comes responsibility of, what they say, to which much is given, much is expected. And I yeah. think they're forgetting oh, yeah. the expected piece of it. Yeah. The great power comes great responsibility is what Toss it, would say. To a great power comes great responsibility. You yes. chose this place to be a blue blood, to live up to that piece of it. 
I get it. You, 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 these NIL things are cool. This uniform's cool. That stadium's cool. You fly everywhere. You have insane first class buses, and all of that is amazing. However, between the lines, that needs to match Bevo Boulevard, Longhorn City Limits, the State Fair. That's where there's there's a disconnect mm -hmm. that there the same thing is expected greatness like that in real locker room in South End Zone. People are paying 10 million bucks for those suites. They want 10 million bucks worth of game experience, not about all that other stuff, but winning games. And enjoying them and, and seeing the and they want it for the kids. It's not about the money. They want it for the kids just as much as they do for their investment in the program. Dude, there's nothing I want more than these kids to have the experience that I had at UT as a player with wins, with bowl games, want that with success. Yeah. Like I I I promise you, I I look I don't lose sleep over a loss. I lose sleep over them not having the same experience that I had as a player. Because this place is that phenomenal. And you take care of business and you put that work in. It is that great. And by the way, you know what I didn't have? Is the $200 million South End Zone. That stuff didn't matter to me. What mattered is my, with my brothers. Talking to Rackpo the other day. Again, with these guys, we had that level. Fun times. A brotherhood. And, and, and the winning correlated with the overall experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, say, I mean, close out. I mean, it's it's just like the same thing of like just human nature and like you know, like same thing in our college experiences too. Like, I felt bad. Like, I felt bad for my cousin because she was a senior during the COVID year at Texas because I know what I missed. And what what I, a my, great example! Yeah, my yeah. favorite, my favorite 100%. thing, in, my favorite thing in college, and me and my guys talk about it all the time. Like we were very fortunate to have done a lot of cool things. We were in the fraternity life. We got to experience a lot of like, you know, stuff that college, I felt always felt college, normal college kids wouldn't get to experience in other universities and other places. Like my friends that in New York didn't go to like a big school like this, but none of us miss that. We miss like hanging out on the couch, watching football. Like we miss, just, yeah. we miss shitting on each other. <laughs> that's literally what we missed that's like what like i was like hanging out with my boy and his girlfriend at their place like i stayed after ou to go to a concert uh that's where i was at i was at a dead and co concert on thursday night and we she's like damn you guys like love each other but you guys smack talk each other so much it's like i know like we're having the best time doing it like this is what we this is what we miss like that's what you miss you like you know like the all the accoutrements are cool but like getting to do it with your boys is like the best part and like having that brotherhood is the best part. And I understand your sentiment of wanting them to experience what you experience. Cause you know how we brought it up with, I think it was our show. I think with the Victor Cruz example with Eli Manning saying that, yeah, I think it was with Roy, like to Victor Cruz, like, and all those teammates, just, just, just trust me, like lock in for this week. So you could experience what I've experienced before. Cause it's what's worth it. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. Yeah. Okay. Feeling that it, um, it's tough because you, you talk about having guys that want experience, you know, what they've experienced before, and like we just don't have a ton of seniors that have experienced anything like that yet, true. you know. Like it, it usually would have trickled down from 
your era, right? Like some of the freshmen yeah. that were on the Bama yeah. national championship game trickled down to that generation. And we've just had so many years of mediocrity for the last decade that there's no one that has really been able to experience that. So they can't pass it down to the younger guys yet. We have to start our own revolution or start our own trend. And, yeah. and I do think the guys want that on every level. I just think their idea of what that is, is just not there yet. And I think this year we're seeing again, so, so much progress. <laughs> we've seen some tough times, but we've seen so much progress. And I think as it continues to go on, we'll, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know when it's going to click, but, but I do have confidence that it's going to click before this year is up and it's just going to, I'm going to be fired up for them. We just need, we just need it on a high note. And I think we will too. Cause that's what, that's why yeah, this, we've that's been exactly pain. it. So I've been in pain. Cause we've been so close. I mean, we just, I think we all agree. And on the totally high agree. note, let it sail. And on a high note, let's say this, go nine and three, get to a good bowl game, win that, have that experience to be like, you know what? It would be a little bit cool if we actually won a game that meant something. Let's, let's get to that level because we know what this feels like. Let's, yeah. let's take it to the next level. Start of the Duke's yes. Mayo Bowl, work to the Orange Bowl, then the playoff, or maybe we could skip <laughs> the Orange Bowl. Uh, awesome stuff, guys. Uh, we'll be back. There's a bye week coming up. We'll try to cook something up for you guys out there listening. Um, and then we got Baylor. And then it's game time. Showtime with the Apollo. Uh, I'm Joshua Fisher. That was Nicholas Snacks Kreider and the Quan Cosby. Hook em horns. We'll see you next time. Hook em. Thanks for joining us. We also got to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Bet your money on anything and everything there. It's an amazing place to win money. We're all doing it. Still got faith in Bijan and the Heisman. Horns basketball number five in preseason rankings. Put money on them to win it all. I got it at plus 1400 at betonline.ag, and I'm ready to house it again. Honestly, I may put even more money down. I'm that confident. So go to betonline.ag today, win big, play big, and get your horns up. This was the Horns Up Talk of Texas pod. Have a good one.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.